Today's episode of the Movie Musical Shakedown is brought to you by the Girl Scouts of America. Girl Scouts make a difference. Prepare your girl for a lifetime of leadership. Learn more at girlscouts.org. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention for This is it! Five, six, seven, eight. talent and see what we can do with it. You're going to make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show is my dream. Tommy, can you hear me? Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. And little man, little Lola wants you. Make up your mind to have no regrets. Recline yourself, resign yourself, you're through. On today's episode, we are shaking down the 1958 movie musical classic, Damn Yankees. Definitely one of my top 30 movie musicals of all time. One of actually my first stage musicals of, I've ever seen when I was a kid. My parents took me to, to Broadway to see the Broadway revival. And we'll talk a little bit about that in this podcast as well. Um, also, kind of a sentimental favorite of mine as well, because I was actually in it at one point in high school as many of us, I'm sure, were. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of memories flooding back. Only seen this movie a handful of times. Did not realize it was also one of the most controversial movie musicals of the time. I mean, when this thing came out in 1958, um, you know, it was a a simpler time, a more conservative time, I guess you could say. So Bob Fosse's choreography was deemed a little too uh, risque. So, for instance, in the numbers uh, A Little Brains, Certain choreography had to be censored, so to speak. So instead of a lot of hip bumps and thrusts and things like that, uh, you see a lot of pauses, actually, in the choreography. Uh, So kind of funny there. Um, Also, apparently the word damn was, like, prohibited in certain countries. So when this movie was released in the United Kingdom, it was actually changed to what Lola wants. That was actually the, the title of the movie when they went to England was... What Lola Wants. So pretty interesting, you know, changes there. Directed by George Abbott and the great Stanley Donnan, who sadly we just lost a couple months ago, also directed a little classic you may know called Singing in the Rain. Kind of a you know, precursor to that, I guess you could say. But um, strong cast, left and right. I mean, you've got Tab Hunter, a young Tab Hunter, Gwen Verdon at the height of her powers, Ray Walston, who's, you know, one of my personal favorites from... Much, much later in his career with shows like Picket Fences. I was, you know, love, love, love that show. And, um, yeah, I think you just have a really, really strong cast top to bottom. You know, what's interesting is, you know, my wife and I, we really don't have a lot of arguments in our household. I mean, I think the most passionate debates that we have usually center around what takeout food we're going to get on a Friday night or something like that. And, you know, we have very few rules, but one of those rules is we don't 
you know, we don't ever talk bad about Bob Fosse in this household. So when I, in this podcast, challenge Nicole's uh, opinions on Bob Fosse at this stage in his career, uh, you folks are probably witnessing one of the first, I guess you could say, marital fights in the Peterson household of all time. And no joke, I literally slept on the couch after this podcast, and, and you'll probably see why. Anyway, when we come back, uh, I will be joined by my wonderful, beautiful, talented, amazingly opinionated wife, Nicole, who loves, loves, loves this movie, and she'll tell you all the reasons why. And I'll tell you all the reasons why I was kind of meh on some of these things, but also why I loved a lot of other things in this movie too. But like I said, you know, if you want to hear the genesis of what the Peterson you know, coupling is, is like, you're going to hear it in this podcast. So there you go. So like I said, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to be joined by my wife. But first, of course, as always, here's the trailer. It's that big, bright delight of the stage that Warners have brought to the screen. What's it got? Well, it's got... It's a little this uh, And a little that uh. Yes, it's got this uh, and that uh, and everything that made the play keep right on running for three wonderful years. And it's got something else. It's got... Heart! Miles and miles and miles of heart! I always get what I aim for And your heart and soul is what I came for Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets No use to fight, don't you know you can't win I'm going to try the Empire State Building on this next one. No, 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 Lola. This is a straight seduction job. A new boy I just got hold of. This is the one. What do you think? Duck soup. I'll go put on my working clothes. See you after the game. Would you like to take Lola someplace tonight? Gee, I, I sure would like to, but uh, you know what Mr. Van Buren would say? He'd say you lucky boy. No, no, he'd say it's late. He likes us to get to bed early. Any particular place? And we're back. And I am now joined by my wonderful, so lucky to have her, I can't believe she's with me co-host, my wife, Nicole Peterson. How are you? Dandy. Da- wow. That's quite the adjective. <laughs> dandy. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there a reason why you're dandy? Uh, because uh, due to your dark sorcery, Diet Coke appeared in our refrigerator. It's true. I did bring home Diet Coke for my wife. It's a gift that keeps on giving, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, you know, you, you, you know it, it goes without saying that Nicole is a fan of Diet Coke, mm-hmm. and I knew that. I was staying in a hotel that had a free mini bar, and <laughs> lo and behold, there are four Diet Cokes in my fridge, and I thought to myself, I'll just bring home for my wife. That's but I'm trying to be a grown-up, so I don't buy it anymore, unless it's a special occasion, 
and I really wanted one tonight. So just magically, they appeared in our refrigerator. the best husband ever. <laughs> but anyway, folks, we're talking about damn Yankees this week. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. It's not my favorite musical of all time. I probably wouldn't even put it in my top 10. Generous, maybe top 30. But it's it's up there. It's on the upper half of my, my favorite list, so to speak. Probably because of the title. I'm a Red Sox fan, so anything that makes fun of the Yankees, I'm, I'm on board with. But um, I thought this was going to be a good podcast to do because baseball season is upon us. It's about to get started. Oh. I know, right? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, get that goulash ready. Because, you know, yeah. Damn Yankees six months, is the only thing I like about baseball. <laughs> six months out of every year. That's it. Uh. Red, Red Sox season starts anew this coming April. So I figured what better time to, to dust off the old gloves and baseball bats and, you know, let's, let's dive into damn Yankees, right? Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> oh, now we're living in a world where the Red Sox are the defending world champions, which is a nice world to live in. I, I won't lie. So this was actually the first time I've watched this movie in quite a while. Um, I have not seen it. I've probably seen it a handful of times. and That, that may be generous. Maybe three. Really? Yeah. This was, though, one of the first Broadway musicals I ever saw. My parents took me and my brother when we were kids to the Broadway revival. I think it was 93, 94. Uh, might have been, might have been earlier than that. Uh, Broadway revival starring Jerry Lewis as Mr. Applegate and B.B. Newworth as Lola, mm-hmm. which I didn't find out till later on and then appreciated it much, much more, which is typical for, you know, when a you kid. go see yeah. Broadway musicals as a kid. But Nicole, what was your first experience with Dan Yankees? Was it this film? Was it you know, stage production? What was it? Um, I have only ever seen this film. Really? Really. So you've never seen like a screen incarnate or uh, a stage adaptation? Nope. You know, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you more credit though, because you have seen a clip of a stage production of Damn Yankees and that was the in-sync behind the music. Well, yes. When Joey Fatone was playing young Joe Hardy. Yes, I have seen that. Okay. And I mean, but that that was a clip. I've That's seen true. clips of lots of things, but the only real performance that I've seen is the movie. This is the movie. Yeah. Right. So what'd you think? I love this movie. Yeah, why is that? Um, I think it's filled with really kind-hearted characters, and I know, like, again, I know you think I'm a too squishy hearted when it comes to that type of thing. You are, but that's okay. But I love the fact that the whole plot revolves around proving that Joe is a good person. And like to, especially towards the end and that the people that he's wronged, his wife especially, still and no pun intended, but goes to bat for him and stands up for him and all of that, and I, I think that's a nice. It's a nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk about we'll we'll talk about that marriage and its uh, complications and interesting thoughts that I have on their relationship uh, as well. And, and this might be good for therapy for us. You know, who knows? Like, uh, talk about yeah. our own marriage and, and what you would do in those situations. I guess so. Um, yeah, no, I I, I generally throw my shoe at you. Right. <laughs> I generally like this movie. It was is it, it? It's one of those films that's interesting. Rewatching in 2019, and some of the dialogue is a little bit dated, and oh yeah, some of the um, the songs and and mm-hmm. just the some of the scenarios that you see are a little bit dated. I mean, twin beds. 
But, right. Like the fact that Joe and his wife have twin beds. I mean, that's that's you know the first thing that you notice. But um, yeah, no, I think it's 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 a good watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have. Oh, I mean, I completely neglecting to say this. This is you know a special you know show to my heart because it was actually the last show that I performed in in high school. This was my my senior year musical. Uh, where I was in the ensemble, <laughs> and one of the few Asian players on the baseball team. Few, so at least you had more than one. There was two of us. There, there you go. It was me and Jay Chung. We were both the uh, the two Asian, mm-hmm. the Japanese, uh, you know, imports to the Washington <laughs> Senators uh, at that time. But um, yeah, no, it was it was fun performing the show my senior year and uh, and whatnot. But. Um, yeah, so it's a good watch for me. I mean, again, it's there's some things that date, that are dated, some things that are a little timeless about it, but um, overall, it's a pretty positive. Oh, watch. I take it back. Oh, what? Fosse. Yes. The show Fosse. Mm-hmm. They have Shoeless Joe in there, so I've seen that incarnation yes. of yes. the performance as well. Absolutely. Yep. Sorry. No, you're right. That's that's <laughs> you're, that clip is definitely in there. So, yeah. So let's break it down, folks. We know that when we watch some of these movie musicals, sometimes there are you know, some chill scenes, things that give us the goosebumps, the the chills. I call them chill scenes. There you go. So, Nicole, any chill scenes for you in Damn Yankees? Yes. Okay. So, number one, goodbye, old girl, just makes me cry. Yeah, you were you were full on crying during that, that song. Oh, my goodness. I kind of peeked over and you were just like in tears. Yes. Why? Um, because... Even though Joe is doing something selfish, mm-hmm. the what looks in that moment as respect and love that he has for his wife and the relationship that they've had up to that point I is very poignant. And that's kind of like goal song for me, that when we're in our 70s and our 80s that... Wait, are you saying we as in you and me? Yes. Oh, okay. That when you I get, know if you were talking about like us as a population, like no, we as no, people, but. you and I as a couple, that when you get contacted by the devil, <laughs> which I mean, happen. it can happen it any happen. minute now. It, any minute, <laughs> you're, you're on the hotline. Just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> no, so that, I can sell my soul to become a much younger blogger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that that we can reflect back with respect and love towards one another. And it just makes me cry. Let me ask you this. Would you, at that point, allow me to call you old girl? Yes, I told you. you got to wait till I'm at least 70. Okay, I can't do it now. No, if you do it now. Because you're, you know, you're 36. Oh, you're a jerk. Wait, 34. <laughs> no. 32? <laughs> anyway. Guess the year. Guess the year. <laughs> 34 no 33 yes 33 <laughs> i i knew so that all, i knew that all along uh-huh. folks um so i can't i can't call you an old girl now no okay i need like at least 35 more years right. before you call me old girl. it's a deal <laughs> it's a deal um also i loved seeing in two lost souls gwen verdon's solo and thinking back on all that jazz, and I got, I did get chills seeing the similarities between her solo and Anne Ranking's solo. Mm. And it had never, and I don't know why, maybe it's because we've just watched them in relative succession just over the past, you know, month or two. Right. Um, but 
I had never really seen the similarities in the two dances before, and now I can totally understand why Gwen Verdon was like, why is that girl doing my dance? (laughs) So this is why I'm glad that you're on the podcast, because I did not pick that up at all and would not have noticed those similarities. (laughs) So... Well, I mean, it's just a really cool kind of forward projection of where his choreography is going and how it becomes more refined, but also how he's using his muses. I mean, he's using them in very similar ways. Yeah, definitely. For me, I I didn't have a lot of chill scenes in this piece. I mean, mean? I won't lie. Like, you know, me being a baseball history, you know, not seeing like, you know, news clips of, you know, Mickey Mantle and a lot of other you know, because when they film some of these scenes, they're actually filming live from, you know, actually actual ball games that were going on. So seeing some of those old players and things like that, that kind of gave me kind of a little bit of goosebumps here and there. But yeah, not not a lot of chills, I should say. Boo. I know, I know. Sorry. Um, on the flip side, folks, sometimes there are moments that, well, let's be honest, have not aged well with some of these films. And whether it's awkward dialogue, mm-hmm. botches in choreography. Uh, the lines that just are so hard to listen to in a 2019 lens, basically the entire script of how to succeed in business. Mm-hmm. Um, we call these yeesh moments where we're just kind of like pulling our collars and just being like, it's kind of mm-hmm. hot here. So, Nicole, yes. any yeesh moments for I've you? got a few. you got a few? Yes. All right. Can I hit you with my first one? Though? Okay. All right. So my only big yeesh moments in this is how the locker room banter in in you know damn yankees is is locker room banter is is what what men today try to defend as locker room banter mm-hmm. when they talk about women that was some yeesh moments for me but what what else did you have okay uh number 1 gwen verdon is not a senorita and she was not miss west indies <laughs> yeah that that was weird that was not good mm. um let's see but my my casting what if um, might have cleared that up. I'll just, you have no idea what I'm talking about. No. Yet, but I can't wait to hit you with this. Um, empty chair. <sighs> Sound, I mean, the oh, violin. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah. The violins alone sound so soapy and outdated. And there's a little bit of a callback to that later on in the musical. Like you can hear it reprise again, but right. it just, it sounds old. Um, well, my big problem with that song was the entire lyrics is how like, a, a woman can't function without her husband. Like, I know at the end she says, without a husband, what is a wife? Eesh. And I don't love that because I feel like up until that point, she hadn't been played a fool. Mm-hmm. You know? And with that song, that starts to take a turn. And the worst part of it was for me out of all of that is that the ending... She says to her husband, oh, I'm so glad you're back. You were on a secret mission. And I was like, now you've just made her an idiot. Like a character that I really enjoy, and for the most part, because she's a really kind human being, have a lot of respect for and enjoy watching, you just made her a fool. Well, see, this is where I had some things for lingering questions about their relationship. So we'll let's save that mm-hmm. for for that. Cause but I, that was I, my, like at the end yeah. of the movie. I was like, oh yay, they're back together, and I right. forgot that she says that. Mm-hmm. Blurg. Okay, continue. All right. Um, <laughs> I think the the lack of diversity on the team. You know, yeah. this movie came out. I think 12, 
12, 15 years after baseball was actually integrated. And there's only one African-American mm-hmm. male on the team. And you only really see him in one number. You actually don't really see him much after Shoeless Joe from Hannibal mm-hmm. Moe. Um, <clears throat> so he's obviously a dancer. And yeah. He's actually a very strong dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, love that song. But, um, yeah, you don't see him for the rest of the film. And, and no. it's a very little diversity in this film at mm-hmm. all, uh, despite the fact that baseball had been integrated. So that's kind of a yeesh mm-hmm. for me. I mean, again... I, it, it's it's tough to justify why films in that era did that. As progressive and liberal as Hollywood has always been, when it comes to diversity and things like that, it just did. It, the, but it's really that it really hasn't. I know because they say we're progressive and open, but they haven't shown it yet. Right. And even now, they're not really showing it. Mm-hmm. So I mean. But to your point about the empty chair song, there's something about an empty chair. That mm-hmm. was actually not in the original stage version and has not been included in any version since. Why? Well, that makes me feel better. Yeah, because chances are the the creative team probably agreed with you in saying that that's not it's not a great song no. <laughs> to have uh, at all. So yeah, no good good picks by you. Any other yeesh moments? Uh oh yeah. Were the cannibals in good old days in blackface? Uh, I, I think they were. <laughs> now that you, now that you called attention to it, I, I think they were. Be, well, I'll put it this way: during the, um, or at least if they're African American actors, were they made to look darker? Me. Like it just it looks yeah. it looks like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Well, I think you're right on that, and I th- also think the. Um, there's the other one where the, the Native, American. Native Americans mm-hmm. are scalping people, and I think they're done up as, you know. Yeah. Yeah, not good. No. Not good. Definitely yeesh moments uh, there. Any others? <laughs> Man, this is getting depressing. I know. Uh, doo, 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 doo. And no. Right. no. Well, yeah, it's just the ending's a little abrupt, but, you know, there what you else? All right. All right. Well, this this good segue into our next section, lingering questions. Folks, sometimes that, you know, these movies don't solve all of our questions. Mysteries are left open. So I call these lingering questions where basically I've got some questions about the plot. So the first is, and this was the biggie for me, why is Joe's wife um, so... Like understanding, um, so why why is Meg just so like oh yeah he's on a trip or he must be doing something important, you know the the thought of him leaving her never enters her mind. Well, I mean, when he leaves her a note. So, well, so let me put it to you this way. Again, I don't, I, we have no idea what's on that note, though, right? No, I know, but my thought is the contents of goodbye, old girl, mm-hmm. are part of what's included in that note. Mm-hmm. I love you so much. Please trust me. I have to go away for a reason. And honestly, you're away a lot. Like, well, the no. reason is, is because I spend my weeks as a 22 year old baseball player, <laughs> and I come home. But seriously, though, you're away a lot. It's true. And if I didn't trust in you, that you were doing what you said you were doing, that you were doing something that you cared about and were passionate about, like. I would lose my mind, mm. right? And I think 
I don't think there's anything wrong with her taking the information that she's given if Joe is a good and kind person as he's shown to be, right? right? I, as your wife, take the information you give me and trust you because I love you. Now, if you said, Nicole, I'm going to move to Mars to start a third family, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or Nicole I'm off on a secret mission mm-hmm. I might say okay BS give me more information right but right. if you're you know you're saying I have something important to do I love you please trust me in this I'll be back yeah okay I get you um yeah no I just I just always found it odd that you know he leaves she seems like, oh, it's, you know, it's just a way of doing But you're thing. a much more cynical individual than That's I am. That's true. And then he comes back and it's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's all good. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's all good in that moment. Right. But I would have been like, okay, so here's my book of 400 questions mm-hmm. that you need to answer. I also think a lingering question is why did Mr. Applegate allow an escape clause? Like, he's never done that before. What is it about Joe that makes him say, yeah, sure, why not? Like, here's an escape clause for you. Like, d- that never mm-hmm. made sense to me. Like, why here? And for such a small, I mean, insignificant, like, wish, so to speak. Well, I know, but I, they, they just keep mentioning how special he is. And even Lola says, like, I've been able to convince, you know, thousands and thousands of men, and she can't convince him. Right. So there's something about his soul that's different. Mm. Also, they get Lola's age incorrect, so to speak. But she says something along the lines of, like, she's 587 years old or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, in the song, A Little Brains and a Little Talent, she talks, I can't remember which, I can't remember, something about Delilah or something. You know, there's mm-hmm. a reference, there's a historical Samson reference. Samson and Delilah, yeah. Which is beyond the timeline of when she was And she born. also, I mean, said she was the ugliest woman in Rhode Island, and Rhode Island didn't exist at the time of Samson right. and Delilah. Right, so they get, they get this, this whole thing wrong, and... But again, that's that's thinking perhaps way too much into it. Right. Who knows? Uh, any lingering questions for you? Uh, how many quarters does it take to call hell? But you already answered I did. that. <laughs> I counted. So in that scene where he's calling hell on the phone, well, is it is it hell? Yeah. Or, I, I, or is she just is she still in Chicago? No, they're in hell. Oh, they're in hell. Well, that's why Who's Got the Pain when we get there was originally that dance was supposed to take place. In hell. Well, no, no, no. When 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 he calls her on the phone, no, I know. I thought she was still in Chicago at the time. No, I thought their little apartment uh-huh. is hell. Because remember, there are oh. witches running through it. There's right, right. Well, apparently, it costs three dollars and fifty cents. I counted how many quarters. <laughs> it's three dollars and fifty cents. So if you want to call hell, folks, three dollars and fifty cents is all you need. Um, my another thought is at the end. Um. I, how long is Applegate there torturing Joe, trying to get his attention? Because he's just there. So is he going to haunt Joe forever? Well, he disappears. Oh, he does? He fades out, yeah. I think, because huh. I guess his powers fade. With I the, missed that. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for answering that. Yeah, so he fades question. out. In the stage version, the same thing kind of happens, too. So. Um, that, what else did I have? Oh, my goodness. Um. If the color palette for Miss Thorpe was really it was how intentional it was, because she's wearing blues and grays when she's doing 
good and kind things and she's dressed like Mr. Applegate in red and neutral tones when she starts to do the fishing and the digging. Again, this is why I love having you on this podcast because I don't notice these things at all. But it's just, it was a very abrupt change to her costuming. Oh my goodness. She's pouring over her copious notes. Yes, they are copious. All right. All right, you say a lingering question. Cause there I, I'm no done. Lingering. I mean, I'm, done? I'm waiting for you. So let's just move on because you clearly are not prepared for this podcast. Oh, and just... this is why it's not good to write hieroglyphics as your notes. <laughs> well, I was watching. Like space things out on the page. Literally, you're using every line of this notebook. Folks, it looks like she's obsessed with something. Like you ever seen like like those movie scenes where people you walk in and they're like, Oh my god, this person's obsessed with me. That's what Nicole's notebook looks like. No problema. Yeah. All right, so let's move on because I can't can't wait for you to pour over your notes. Oh, oh, I found it. Okay. okay. Last thought. Um in is it just like a stage trope that they call women kids and girls? No, I think that's just this movie. Well, no, because they did it in White Christmas. All of the dance, like the chorus girls and stuff, they called them kids. And they did that backstage during the... So is it supposed to be like a theater thing? Or like they called Gwen Verdon, oh, what a good girl she is. I think that's a time period thing. Oh, I didn't like it. It's like an entertainment term of the time period. Um, And... Lastly, when did the Mid-Atlantic accent disappear? Was it like the early fifties? Yeah, I don't. I think that was just a film style of talking that went out, probably. Yeah. So like early to mid fifties. Like His Girl Friday yeah. type of. Yeah. 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 Well, those are good. Those are good lingering questions. All right, folks. Well, we know that sometimes when they cast these movies and they put these casts together, we don't always get the final cast that was originally meant to be. Sometimes, you know, people change, schedules change, auditions don't go as well. So I like to call this section, would this movie have been better with the original choice for these cast members? And I couldn't find a lot for this movie. Actually, a lot of the original stage actors from the musical are in the film. However, one of the roles uh, originally was going to be offered to someone else. So let me ask you this, Nicole. Uh-huh. Instead of Gwen Verdon as Lola... Ugh. I don't. Sorry. Would this movie have been better with Sid Charisse? Oh, that is so funny that you said that. Why is that? That so is funny? so funny. So, in whatever Lola wants, she does this leg extension mm-hmm. that is exactly what Sid Charisse does in Singing in the Rain. It's the same movement, same move, right? And I was thinking, oh, that's so Charisse when I was watching it. So the answer is no. It would not have been better mm-hmm. because I think. I, Sid Charisse can play a seductress in her face and in her movement, but I have I have not heard her, or you know, seen her act a seductress. I've seen her dance it, right? But and Gwen Verdon, I don't know if there is a damn Yankees without her. She has. I mean, she's just embodied that character and I mean mm-hmm. she's iconic for it and Sid Charisse I just she's just a different style I can't see her doing who's got the pain no I just can't no she could be Lola in whatever Lola wants right but... I think it would have been a completely different performance 
um, I think centuries you probably believe would be the type of person who had maybe sold her soul for better looks. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing. No, that's not a knock on Gwen Verdon, so to speak. I know but, she's I not mean, your type. But centuries <laughs> is just like, oh, I mean, like at that time was just, you know, oh my god. Not even at that time. She's still one of the most beautiful people that's ever lived. But. <laughs> exactly. So I get it, but. I think Lola requires charisma. I think it requires a personality that I don't think Sid Therese ever displayed on screen. Well, no. And she always had such a subtlety and charm to her movements. And mm-hmm. I don't think Lola should be subtle. Also, I don't think she would have gotten along with Fosse very well. Who knows? I mean... Well, I mean, in that dimension, in that time, Sharice was the much bigger star, so... Yeah, yeah it would have been interesting. Really interesting. Folks, we know that, you know, for these movie musicals to work, you need to have four categories firing on all cylinders, dialed up to 11 and whatnot, for it to truly be a successful movie musical. And that, of course, is the singing, the dancing, the acting, and design, because these movies got to look good, too. So, what are you laughing at? You're talking with your eyes closed. Because I, <laughs> I have to do that with, and if I look at you, sometimes I'll laugh. So, I gotta, <laughs> anyway... So, what we like to do on this podcast is rank each category 1 to 10, starting with singing, dancing, acting, and design. So, Nicole. Yes, Chris. Stop it. She's now, she's now impersonating me. What would you rank the singing for Damn Yankees? 1 through 10. And uh, A 6. Wow. Um, I love Tab Hunter. Mm-hmm. I think his voice is beautiful and magical, and it makes me feel so happy. Um, all of the other voices are character voices. Yeah, that's true. And I, they're not bad voices, but like when you think about like you got to have heart, there's nothing wrong with any of the voices in that song. Mm-hmm. But that's not a classical song. Yeah, no, no, it, no offense to Shannon Bolin who plays Meg, but I mean. Well, and again, yeah. but I don't. I don't think that song was meant to showcase a voice. I think it was meant to tell people about her character, right? You know, because there aren't any big note moments. There aren't any big flourishes in it. The song with the big flourish is "Goodbye, Old Girl," and mm-hmm. Tab Hunter does an amazing job with that. So, and everyone else did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. All right. I'm. You know what? I'm kind of right there with you. I gave it a five. Um, I mean, it's just, open your eyes when you talk to me, damn it. Sorry. It's just, there's just a lot of character voices and the ones that are supposed to be great aren't that great. And I'll just kind of leave it at that. So, sorry. Are you talk bad about Tab Hunter? I am going to talk about, bad about Tab Hunter. <laughs> Stop it. He, he looks good, but he, he wasn't a singer. Oh, I disagree. Um, I all right. Him. So dancing, Nicole. Yes. Let me, I'll, I'll start with this category. So dancing. I actually gave dancing... Uh, an eight okay here uh because there are really two good dance numbers in this entire movie and eh, that's about it you sing four four i've got shoeless joe from hannibal Mo, uh-huh. and then whatever lola wants no uh, oh and, i'm sorry and who's got the pain and two lost souls oh well, that huge number at the end i think you're being generous with two lost souls but that's just me um so i'll give you three I don't think we're getting Fosse at the height of all of his powers in this movie. I think you're you're seeing the beginnings and the the potential of what can, is about to happen a decade from now. 
Um, but I think we're at the beginning stage. <laughs> you hate that I'm saying all of this. I love it. I think you're. I mean, the problem I have with like Shoeless Joe from Hail of the Horse, it's just what? a lot of like. No, stop. I'm, folks, just you know, I'm doing my stop. best impersonation of, the, of his nose. It's just it like, I'm going to walk. Heinous. I'm going to walk around the dirt and blah, blah, blah. And here I'm going to slide and it blah, is, blah, blah. And yeah. it's just not. It's not. It's not great. It's not. It, again, it's not Fosse at the height no, of his it powers. Is, it's, ooh, ooh. So how do you, how would you rate the dancing? Nine point seven five, you jerk. <laughs> Explain yourself. Why did you get nine point seven five? Stop that! Sorry, you're not doing it correctly or well. <laughs> uh, because he took again character moments and fit choreography into them. So yes, in Shoeless Joe, we do have a bunch of trained dancers, but I'm sure you also just have a bunch of guys who can sing, right? So he manages to mix them together. And also, he found a way to dance baseball. It is, again, to this day, the only thing I like about baseball is that dance. dance. The only thing you like about baseball is in a fictional dance (laughs) number in a movie. Yes. Oh my God. No, and it's fun to watch. I don't need to see 17 million pirouettes to understand how you're building the story through dance. And I, that, I just don't think you're getting, like... Are we getting all that jazz? No, he hadn't fully developed his voice yet. But in the parameters of the show that he was given, in the time frame of the late 50s, stop laughing at me. You set up this tangent. This is your fault. <laughs> Sorry. The parameters of the late fifties. He was Wait, fitting the pr- his parameters of yes. the late fifties. Yes, could he have done cabaret then? No. Could no. he have done all that jazz then? No. He couldn't have. <laughs> he just came off the pajama game, so he's developing his voice from that, and is starting to build the Fosse style and starting to really use Gwen as a real inspiration. So, in the parameters of what he was given in the studio system before he had a name enough to create the style and the movement that he wanted on his own, I think he did great work to show the character and develop the storyline. There. 9.75. And you know what? I agree with you 100%. I do. Uh-huh. But because of that, I gave it an 8. No. I'm <laughs> just saying. No, I don't accept that. Like, we can move like on. Everything Let's... you just said, you and I, you just repeated exactly what I said. Just that is not what you life. said. Um, what you said was they move their elbows funny. Hardy, hardy, hard. No, I'm just saying that like. No, no, I don't want to hear what you're just saying. <laughs> but this is a podcast. I have to, I have no. to do what I'm saying. But anyway, just saying. I, I give it an A because you're not getting okay, flossy. so folks, I'm going to be Chris for a second. <laughs> oh God, here we go. So folks. Christopher is making a mockery of Shoeless Joe. <laughs> He's wiggling in his seat, and I think you should all... Shoeless Joe from Hannibal Moon. <laughs> Lucky are we to be having him. I'm going to walk in my circle and hey. look like I'm going to swing and hey. slide in the dirt and blah, blah, blah. Hey, now. Christopher Peterson. Twelve years from now, I'll be the best choreographer in Hollywood. da That's what it is. All right, let's move on. Oh, Acting. So Acting, Nicole. <laughs> One through ten. What did you get this movie? If I act like I like you right take, now, do I get a ten? Take a breath. Uh, 
think a seven. Okay. I'm actually I gave it the same score. I gave it the same score. I think there are some great performances. I think there are some meh performances. Again, I, I'm gonna beat up on 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 um, Shannon Bolin as Meg, but like, hello, is she there? Oh, stop! <laughs> just... No, I just think they, as the movie went on, they took away the aspects of her character that could create problems with the plot. Right. And you know, don't give me no disrespect to Tab Hunter. Oh, you have a lot of disrespect for Tab Hunter. I do and not. I... He's. A, he, I'm sure he was a great human. First of all. I read on. I read his story, and he seemed like a great person. Tragic, you know, personal Shh. life. was never was never able to really be himself until the very end, which is sad. Um, but he got there. He did and get I there. I love him so much. Just wasn't a great actor. Shh. Pretty face. Stop. Great Stop. looking dude. I enjoy him. Just wasn't a great actor. Stop. So Stop that. that's why I'm going to give it a seven. So there you go. All right. How come you keep getting the last word here? I'm, sorry. I'm your go special ahead. guest. Go ahead. Give me the last word. Folks, I think you're witnessing the last podcast with my wife, which could be the end of our marriage. See, I don't know. You're actually witnessing the end on this podcast. This is not the end. We will work through it because you got me Diet Coke. That's true. I just remember I got you Diet Coke. And Fosse was not Fosse yet. Stop it. So design. Let's let's move on to design. Nicole, one to ten. How'd you feel about design? Nine. Yeah, I'm right there with you too. It was actually, you know, the, I mean, it's Damn Yankees is not a hard movie necessarily to costume, especially at that time, mm-hmm. uh, because they were literally making it like present day, like mm-hmm. that was what was going on. So they're just, you know, basically pulling clothes off a rack. So yeah, but other than that, like the locker room, the fact that they actually uh, performed in in a actual baseball stadium that was used as the farm system, I think it was the Chicago Cubs. Uh, farm team, their stadium was their home stadium, so they actually got to you know be in a real park, which is great. So yeah, I thought the movie looked great. Yeah, the only thing that kept it from being a ten for me was I didn't, I couldn't understand why the hell area was pink and purple, because I feel like all of the characters had very distinct colors that were you know set for them. Um, but hell was pink and purple. Right. No. no, uh, no, no. I didn't. I couldn't make the connection. But. Interesting. Interesting. Folks, we know that um, you know sometimes when they make these movie musicals, not every single number from the original score is going to make the final cut. Uh, and so we call this numbers that we needed. So, interestingly enough, there were three songs that were cut from the stage version to the movie version. That was "Near to You," "The Game," and "A Man Doesn't Know." Nicole, do you, are you familiar with any of these songs? Nope. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and just skip you and just okay. say that <laughs> the number that we really needed was A Man Doesn't Know. This was actually a pretty sweet duet between Meg and Joe Hardy talking about relationships and you know the importance of So like the couch scene that they had? Basically, and it would have been a nice replacement for Empty Chair. Mm-hmm. So that's the number that we needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not... Um, not there's something about an empty chair. Mm-hmm. Numbers that we could do without empty chair. Empty chair. <laughs> That's the one. And also, I mean, well, good old days. I think need yeah. some editing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even uh, what's oh my goodness, what's Lola's number? Um, little brains, little talent. Yeah, little brains, a little talent. 
I just, again, I feel like those don't do as much for their characters as they want them to. That's true. It doesn't. It doesn't set her up as like an, a villain in any way. No, and not only that, it doesn't show off her talent. She's rolling around on a bed. She can do any dancing that you want her to do. She was, I mean, the dancer of that time. Other than empty chair, and again, you're gonna hate me saying this. <laughs> I think the only other number that could I know you potentially... don't like two souls. I wasn't even gonna go there. The only other number I think that could potentially be cut is who's got the pain. Oh, you're a jerk. Nope. Now, folks, if you <laughs> don't know this already, uh, Gwen Vernon's dance partner in Who's Got the Pain is Bob Fosse himself. Okay, so it absolutely makes no sense. It really doesn't. But it is a study in that style. It really is. And it's, it's, I won't lie, as a you know, Fosse fan... I'm a Fosse fan. But you're not a Fosse super fan. <laughs> no, I'm not on your level. <laughs> it is very cool to see him dance at, like, I would say maybe the peak or coming down mm-hmm. off of his peak of physicality to be able to do those numbers. And some of the jumps that he does, what's kind of creepy is it looks like he jumps and is, like, floating for a second before he comes down. Mm-hmm. Like the way he does jumps, it's like, oh, my God. Like, look at that. Um, so definitely be, look at that during that number. It, it's amazing. And I took a look at the trailer for Verdon Fossey, which oh, is coming it's out. There, it's yeah. in there. So, uh, we, we, I'm so scared. I hope they don't make Sam Rockwell dance. He's dancing in that. I think. I, just... I think they're both dancing in that. So I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> well, all right. So it comes out what three days after my birthday. I've already decided nobody needs to get me anything for my birthday because that is my present. Hollywood, Lynn Manuel Miranda is giving you a He's present. He's giving me my Personal. birthday present. I'm Thanks, so excited. Lynn. You're the best. But I'm really nervous about their dancing. Yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, that's the only other number. But I, I think I'm fine with it in there. You know, because again, you, you get to you see Bob Fosse dance. It. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> um, so that's number Nicole. If you've got five minutes to watch this movie, and you're, you know, you got, you're running out the door, you got things to do, but you want to just watch a, you know, a certain moment of Damn Yankees. What are you going to fast forward to? Okay. So if I'm running out the door to go see other humans, who's got the pain? Okay. If I only have five minutes and I'm allowed to feel my feelings, <laughs> goodbye, old girl. <laughs> well, you're always allowed to feel your feelings. I know, but I'm not allowed to run out of the house with mascara running down my face. That's true. <laughs> like... Okay, folks, in the comments section, please tell me if you react to goodbye, old girl, the same way my wife does, please. I, I'm sure you. I'm sure there's more of you out there that react to that song. Or it's just me. Or maybe it's just you, which would be amazing <laughs> to find out. I'm just saying. Folks, we like to give out some pretty prestigious awards on this podcast. Don't <laughs> laugh. These are prestigious <laughs> awards. Um, I call them, one is the Barbara Award, which goes to the best singer in the movie, which is obviously named after Barbara Streisand. We also have the Russell Crowe Award, who is on the flip side, who is given to the either the We're worst fight about this. I know either the worst <laughs> or least great singer, and then finally the Bumlet Award, which goes to the extra background artist that is just absolutely crushing in every scene, named after the character of Bumlet from Newsies. And if you've ever seen Newsies, the movie, he's the dude spinning on the fan at the end of King of New York. And this actor was named Domino Fuchero, sadly passed away. So I wanted to name this award for the. Background artist who just absolutely kills it in this movie. So let me start with the Barbara Award. Nicole, who gets your Barbara Award for this movie? We're going to fight about this. Oh, okay. Tab Hunter. Get out of here. Oh, <laughs> my God. 
get out of this house. Really? Sorry, I live here. You're giving Tab Hunter our barber work? I am. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Explain yourself, please. Because he he sings with heart, and I can t- I can tell what his character's feeling when he's singing. All right, fine. I guess. <laughs> like, ugh, all right, jeez. Uh, I, I'm gonna give it. God, I'm so distracted now. I'm, so, I'm done. Um, Maybe does that mean I win? You win. That's it. Now I'm, I'm gonna give it to Ray Walston as Applegate. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not a classically trained voice, obviously, but it's. He's just so good in that role that. I mean, he really set the bar for that role, and I love Ray, Wal- Ray Walston all the way back to Picket Fences, which is an underrated drama show by the way folks if you've never seen picket fences <clears throat> which you can't probably no time travel back <clears throat> time travel back <laughs> to like early early 90s and watch picket fences it's absolutely outstanding but anyway <clears throat> um yeah so ray walson's gonna get my barber work how about your your russell crow work who gets your worst singer in the movie um oh i don't know really I'm giving it to Tab Hunter. So there you <laughs> I go. knew you would. No, I think all the other singers. Pretty face, but he can't sing sing a lick. That's just me. <sighs> You're so mean. I'm not being. I'm just being honest. Are you jealous of his cheekbones? I am. And I mean, you do have nice cheekbones. I do that. I do. <laughs> but uh... no, because uh, no, I think all the other voices, their character voices. I guess, I guess Meg. Would be the only one, yeah. but again, the song she was given doesn't show off her voice. That's so. true. How about your bumbling award? Who's going to get your bumbling award for this movie? Uh, the two friends, sister and um, Lucy, Gene <laughs> Stapleton, yes. and uh, oh gosh, what's uh, Elizabeth Howell is yes. the other actress. So, sister Miller and Doris Miller. Doris Miller. Wow. So Gene Stapleton's character doesn't even have a name. It's just sister. sister. Miller. Sister Miller. There you go. She's visiting from out of town. There you go. It's a good pick. I'm going to give it to Bob Fosse because I'm a Fosse fan. <sighs> no, I actually, I am going to give my bum and award to Bob Fosse. And it qualifies. I mean, he, he's literally yes. in one dance. And he's actually thanked by name at the end of the number. <laughs> Tab Hunter being the genius that he was. Uh, at the end of the song, when they're running backstage, he goes up and says, Nice job, Fosse. <laughs> and they never, they never thought to correct it or do another take. So... You can actually hear Fosse's name in the actual movie, which mm-hmm. is fine because Bob yeah. Fosse is just credited as Mambo Dancer. So yep. his, his last name could be anything. So there you go. <laughs> Folks, um, nowadays with Hollywood being Hollywood, and I guess we're kind of getting an answer a little bit, but should this get a remake? Nicole, what do you think? Um, let's wait until after April 9th and yeah. I'll tell you. Um, because a lot, unless you're going to the Broadway Dance Center all the time, a lot of dancers are not getting regular training in that style anymore because a lot of people consider it outdated, Mm -hmm. um, even though it's not and it's glorious and it's magical. Um, so I think this will be a testament to see whether dancers now can really embody that feeling looking at the trailer I think they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that we still have so many vehicles for his movement. And I mean, even when I was taking classes at the 
teachers convention this summer, I mean, they had several seminars on Fosse movement. So, I mean, right. even teachers are being re-educated in the style and philosophies of the movement. So, I mean, it's a possibility. I won't say no. I'm going to say yes. I think it should get a remake. I think it's definitely one of the few that would be perfect for those like, you know, Fox Live or NBC Live no. musicals. I do. I think it's one of those musicals that could be done like that. Um, I don't know if they'd ever make a full-fledged remake like for, the, you know, feature films. Well, the, I mean, I think that would be a fun way to do it. I would also be on board for another Broadway revival. I'm just going to put that out there. Just yes. saying. Just saying. But anyway, well, that's going to do it for us, folks. Wow, we really zipped through this one tonight. This is Did good. We? I mean, it's because we, we were all fired up. I know. Well, it's because I got you so angry. <laughs> there you go. Um, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com, where we're actually adding a bunch of new shows. Folks, your, your demands for content is amazing. So uh, we've got a lot of brand new podcasts. We've got Desperately Seeking Entertainment, which is me and my good friend Ben Frawley. Uh, I've got another one called the Theater Major Podcast, where all we're going to talk about is basically the concerns and issues surrounding drama students today, talking about memories of high school theater, college theater. I'm going to be interviewing actors, designers, musicians, writers, performers, I mean, you know, left and right, and choreographers, dancers, uh, folks that are working on Broadway right now, folks that have worked on Broadway, and all we're going to talk about is what you learned in school, which I think is going to be awesome and very interesting. Uh, on that end so looking forward to that one you can find this podcast of course not only on the onstage blog network but also on itunes and spotify so definitely check those out as well nicole yes anything else you want to add get a last word in watch damn yankees indeed just enjoy the movement don't listen to christopher <laughs> wow <laughs> don't listen to his opinions wow you can listen to his podcast watch damn yankees Form your own opinions. Love Tab Hunter. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> and, uh, and, and also watch Fosse Verdon. Yes, please. When's that coming out again? April 9th. April 9th. And that's three days after your birthday, right? Yeah. Because your birthday is April 5th. So that's a great way to say Math. Wait. April 6th. <laughs> your birthday's April 6th? <laughs> Man, I've been getting it wrong all these years. Folks, this is truly the last podcast between me and Nicole. Oh, man. I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. We'll see you folks next week right here on the movie Musical Shakedown where we're I think we're doing... Oh, I don't want to say it. I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. <laughs> see you next week, folks. Kid change! All right! You, sir, how about a shepherd? And in the end, should someone die?